on digital and on 88 and 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. was the jams how uncle managed to listen to russell brand on radio 2 welcome to our show this is the beginning of it i'm here with matt morgan he's in charge of any buttons that might need to be pressed during the buttons show and switches buttons and switches yes yes buttons and switches you feeling well yeah very well you look well have you had your hair cut yes wow what'd you do make a big scene about it turn yeah. it into a big drama my a big palaver worry about it did you my scalp's flaking why i stopped using anti-dandruff shampoo. Well, that'll be your problem. Trevor Lockie! Trevor hey. Lockie! Trevor Lockie! Are you alright, mate? I'm alright. Yeah. Why, why, why are you here, then? I'm in charge of zips, aren't I? She's <laughs> in charge of any zips that might be required over the course of the show. I wonder what we'll talk about on the show. Probably, let's ring up Noel Gallagher later, see how he is. We'll, let's definitely do it. Because yes. sometimes we say it and then we don't do it. Can you imagine how he must feel? Yeah. I can't. It must be odd to be him, mustn't it? Well, also, we've got, uh, Cry for Help. That's where we help people with their problems. Also, we'll tell you about week's events. We done them Brit Awards earlier in the week. Do you remember those, Matt? I do remember that. Oh, there they was. Different awards for different categories. I was the, had to, to be in charge of standing there saying things, didn't I? You were very good. Thank you. We had a backstage tent. We had a little backstage tent, me oh, and Matt. Nice. So in case something happens, we can, like, contrive a spontaneous response to it. Do you see? Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. Also, it means you don't get caught up in all the hoopla yeah. and flotsam and jetsam of all, because there's all people back Milling there. About. Milling about. It's embarrassing. So, yeah, there's a lot of rhubarb Hand goes on back going there. on. Handshakes, people handing out awards, people all sweaty. So, you know, so we just retire like a couple of Bedouin gents sat there scribbling, watching things on a monitor, eating bananas. Oh, God, it's if I'd done a wee, didn't I, in a bottle? Oh, you're always doing wheezing in bottles. I didn't want to go walking around looking for a because I went for a wee earlier on, I got caught up in the lavvy with Joss Stone. Did you? Nothing happened. Oh, right. Well, what could happen? Well, was that um, before she'd gone on? I think it might have been just after, because she, yeah, Joss Stone came on. She was mad, wasn't she? She was very upbeat about something, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she certainly had a lot of... She was also American. Step. She was suddenly... Where is she from? She's from Cornwall Devon. She's from Devon. Devon's in England, isn't it? Yeah, but she puts on the American accent to do those high notes. Right. Yeah. yeah. But she wasn't Ooh. doing high though, she just came out and went, Just, hey everybody. Hell the partner Yeah, she was talking like, like Calamity Jane on the show. It was extraordinary yeah, behaviour. You, you did do a wee in a bottle, it was disgusting. Well, the reason I did that, Matt, was because I didn't want to upset or worry you. It was a pathetic amount though. That was me, it's it nice, it was half a bottle. What no. do you want? It was a tiny bottle. Yeah, they, I think I've done very well. That's <laughs> <laughs> <I> test you. It's <laughs> a lovely amount of wee. What was difficult though is because whilst the you know the end of my penis was sealing up the bottle, so as the water went in the, or liquid urine, as that went <sighs> in, that was forcing air out. But yeah, the, the, the bottle was science. sealed up. But so so there was sort of slight inflation. Good Cartoon penis. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ridiculous event. This but, is the shabby backstage that, side of the Brits. That was the highlight you for me. You inflating your penis with urine. <laughs> no, it didn't inflate with the urine, it inflated oh, with the uh, displaced air. You're joking. It was displaced that's why you don't put it onto the bottle completely. Yeah, I know, I know. I had to keep edging it back. You're to, gonna play that game. Uh, as a valve. 
to valve it out. But for me, if there was one highlight for the Brits this year, I wouldn't say it was Take That or Oasis or even Dear Amy Winehouse. But me, standing in a tent with my mate Matt Morgan, giggling out wee wee. I wasn't giggling. <laughs> I was giggling. I was having I was an end of a time. Stop it. You're <laughs> <laughs> the, the host of the Brits. <laughs> You're undermining all of Britain. Everything that we stand for as a nation. Yes, all right. We'll talk about that some more, probably. Some more of our views and opinions will come out. But uh, there's no point in you phoning us because the show is not live. This is us earlier on today. So you can email us at emailrussell. No, you don't say email. You don't have to say email. Because I've just read it off a bit of paper, so I've included email in the instructions. You can email us. Russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Leave us your phone number because then we can use you in another pre recorded show. Or, um, you know, text us if you like, but you'll have to find out that text number yourself because I think then people that do send texts, they've really got some nous, ain't they? Because they've gone for a little journey to get the text through to us. Here's some texts and stuff that we've got. Uh, what's this say? Mm, there's a lot of people dressing up as me. That's interesting. I like that. Why? Well, it's just nice, isn't it? People to dress <laughs> up as you. Shows that you, you know, that you've relevant. I mean, are those silhouette? Means I've got a silhouette. Are those some that when Prince Harry, Harry dressed as a Nazi, that's bad. Hey, Russell, Matt, and Trevor, when are you guys going to be live again? I love you all and think you're great. Love Katie. It'll be in March or April, won't it? When April. we finish the tour. Danny Williams says, when I listen to your show on the internet, it just plays news about some dead person in a swimming pool. Is this on purpose? No, it most certainly isn't. It's an isn't. accident. It's definitely an accident. That's happened by mistake. You should be out here at our podcast. We're still number one. Now, we've got to do this thing where we go off in an ice cream van. Who's going to be in charge of administrating that? Yeah. Right. Get us an ice cream van. If anyone here knows where we can get an ice cream van for nothing, and what do we want to do with it? Sell ice creams. Sell ice cream. No, we'll give them away. We'll get an ice give cream van. Away. We'll park it somewhere. Trafalgar Square. Just give out ice creams. But we want it to be very sexy, so yeah. There's, a, there's patch wars for things like that. Yeah, the ice cream oh, wars. That's not getting a patch war. I don't want another patch war. Oh, Christ, no. Yeah, because, like, yeah, no, hot dog salesmen, that people get killed yeah, for that. We shouldn't they? give them away for free. They should be very expensive. Right. And in that way, no one will attack us. Mm, fair enough, Trev, but I don't know about the economics of the situation. Danny Williams, you certainly shouldn't be getting that information about someone in a swimming pool. Hello, Russell, Trevor, and Matt. I'm on holiday in France, and I'm laughing so much at this pre recorded show. She might even mean this one. Perhaps you can bend time, this girl. <laughs> it seems that you're all thinking about sex tonight. What have you done earlier this evening? Question mark, exclamation mark. She's exclaiming a question there. Oh, nice. Hello, <laughs> would you like some tea? <laughs> would you? <laughs> Although this filth is hilarious, it's still filth, so sort yourselves out for next week. Okay. Yeah, let's right. cut the filth. Yes. Can I come into the studio? Where's them women? Where are them women? And we said next time there was a pre recorded show, then that dancing women girls were going to be here to brighten up Mike's the mood. Rob. <laughs> right, okay, why don't we just NWA? We're going to help um, people with their problems over the course of this show and that. Uh, and uh, I suppose we'll play records and talk to each other. Matt, I want you to tell that lovely story about when you used to visit farms as a child. Trevor. I, I just, went once. I had, well, you've done enough on that farm visit to fill a lifetime. I rode a shire horse with bells on my toes. <laughs> Didn't he killed things? Now let's listen to NWA expressing themselves with full capability. Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Express yourself, NWA. Uplifting. It's made me feel good about myself and expressing it. Matt, why have you taken away your sunglasses here in the studio? Because it, because it's a pre-record. It's too light in here, so this makes it a bit more eveningy. It's not the seventies. 
Get yourself together, lad. Right, we've got a letter here from a young man called John in Kagoshima, Japan. Dear Russell, listen to your show for the first time via podcast in my car in rural southern Japan today, and you and your mates are absolutely effing bonkers, he exclaims, dot, dot, dot. Brilliant, he exclaims further. I haven't laughed so much since my granny's tit got caught in the mangle. That's Peter Cook, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Dudley so Moore, I think. Dudley. It's Derek and Clive. One point of particular note was your reference to the woman with the one grey hair shaven undercarriage. A Canadian friend of mine and numerous... British ones too prefer Shave and Haven. Take your pick. Anyway, good work, you <laughs> Raven Ed Case. All the best, John in Kagoshima. Oh, God bless wow. you, John. Thank you. I like to think that's the magic of being on Radio 2, which is what we are. Nice to think of someone in rural Japan having to listen to us, isn't it? On his car in Japan. Just listen to us on his car. Do you think he's really called John, though? I don't reckon he is called John. I think he's anglicised his name, anglicised his name so that we don't well, feel he's English. Anglicised <laughs> the word England. Do you think he's English? Yes, yeah, he he's just over there for he's up to no good, probably. Yeah, what he said, I reckon Crafty he's a little swine. I reckon he's Japanese. I reckon he's an architect. You reckon he's an architect over there? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just an absolute dream, wouldn't it, Matt? <laughs> what would I give to perch on his knee just for a little while while he showed me his blueprints? Trevor has taken to wearing jeans, something he's been warned against a number of times, but when he wears jeans, it's not in a normal fashion. Matt described it thus. <laughs> He looks like a Top Gear presenter. He looks like a Top Gear presenter. When Trevor wears jeans, he, he looks That's like a shuffling not, there's, along. There's no different colours in them. They're just blue. Yeah, just, just blue. blue. <laughs> Low simple denim. <laughs> simple denim. That's no all I require. No style cut into them. It looks like he's going to give someone advice on birds and the bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you about the birds and the bees. What? Because he's wearing on. school shoes with them. Why are you wearing your school shoes, Trevor? Weekend. You wear your school shoes at weekend, Trevor. You, oh, you just make yourselves look stupid, ultimately. Do we, Trevor? Yes, Time you do. Up. Jealous. Well, look at my magnificent chest, try Trevor. And try and look at it. it. But you're just jealous. I'm here in my car, driving okay. along. You know I I was going at 60 miles an hour. You'd think I was bonkers. Let's see what the Stig did. <laughs> oh, Stig, you lived in a dump, and a little boy fed you cherries out of his grand's laundry bin. <laughs> That's my memories of the hit show, Stig of the Dump, Stig of the Dump. I loved all those programs, Stig of the Dump, Wurzel Gummidge, all them outsiders, and I think it's affected my dress sense. Stig of the Dump was scary. Was he, mate? Why? I remember because he went to that party at the end, he was a caveman, everyone thought he was dressed as a caveman, but he actually was one. A caveman. That's more terrifying than anything. <laughs> it's not, I'd like that. No, because he was bad, wasn't he, Stig? No, mate, he was alright, he just didn't know our modern ways. And some say that uh, we've got held back by them modern ways, perhaps we could be a bit more was, like Stig. I think you are a bit like Stig, you're <laughs> feral when you're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Good old time, low old rubbish that it don't even exist. Anyway, Nicky Also, said, mm, why is yeah, your ass so hot? Why is my what up? Your house is so hot. So what? It's like a reptile house. <laughs> <laughs> go around Russell's house, I rode my bike there, so I was a bit sweaty anyway. <laughs> he just lives in there in his, his pants. His bike called Smokey, that he's got a name for, is something I see him talking to it when he's locking it up. <laughs> okay, Smokey, I'm gonna be in here for 10 or 15 minutes. If any of the bigger bikes come, you just give a little ding-ding on your bell. <laughs> <laughs> God, so you came round on Smokey. Yeah, well, twice I've been round your house this week, it's just uncomfortable. I have to, we had a meeting with me standing in the garden and him in there in his pants. He won't put on a jumper. <laughs> Instead of putting on a jumper and thinking, oh, it's a bit cold in here, it just puts the heating up full blast. I was always cold when I was little, and I've made a pledge to myself when I grew up 
always to be a bit too hot. It's the same with his dressing rooms on tour. It's really horrible because I have, have, I have to like... undo my shirt to go and speak to him in the dressing room. And then Why when I come out, people see me leaving his dressing room undressed, you know, with my shirt open your to the waist. Your top gear jeans on. <laughs> with my top Just gear kicking jeans. around your ankles. That man's been <laughs> interfered with by Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> if I told you I was in a dressing room going 70 miles an hour, back and forth rhythmically, <laughs> at the rear end of Russell yeah, Brest, you'd say I was crackers. <laughs> if I told you I was going 100, you'd think my eyebrows would fall out. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. I'm all jammed up inside with my own charisma and ego. <laughs> We've got a letter here. Also, when they've got long hair, it's that Top Gear long hair. Top Gear long hair, yeah. Oh. They really like cars, they don't they? They take cars so serious. I've never, I've, just, oh, too sure. I've never had a car. I've not had a car. We're well, not allowed a car, are we, Matt? I'm allowed one. Are you? <laughs> I just don't want one. I'm not allowed a car. I I've seen you drive a car. It's funny. <laughs> Why? It's just funny to see like you drive a car. Total, total. Yeah, totally. Beep, beep, wee! Your knees up round your chin. <laughs> yeah, I liked it in that car. Now, come on, we've probably got someone on the radio who we can help now. And that's, after oh, all, what we're here for. If we can't help others, then what the bloody hell's the point in life, eh? So I think it's, uh, is it, right, yeah. Remember when we spoke to that girl that had had a mix-up at work because she'd send an e- and she sent an email to her friend at work saying, oh, I just see a grey hair in the mirror, but she'd also mentioned pulling down her knickers or something. Her friend assumed no, she was referring to, to a grey pubic hair. hair. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, right, but so, so the person said. assumed that it was a grey pubic hair when actually it was a head hair. <laughs> then that email got leaked, everyone in the office knew about it. Now it's become a cult phenomenon on our radio show. Look, I've got some advice for the grey pubic hair girl. Tell her to use this podcast as a way of... Uh, extricating herself from the situation. Uh, I don't believe it. I think that girl's pubic hair is a, like uh, Ming the Merciless's grey goatee beard in an imagined sequel to Flash Gordon set even further in the future. So it's really captured the heart of the nation. Now we've got this young lady, I think she's called Cat. I think she's on the phone, but we don't know nothing for certain. Are you there, Cat? Russell, hi, how you doing? I'm alright. Don't try and pretend to be much more confident than you are by saying my name at the beginning of everything you say. <laughs> now what's yeah, going on? a lot more confident because I've got my friend here with me today. We're actually in Switzerland. Who's your friend? Gripper? So, go on. What are you doing in Switzerland? We're skiing. Why? Why? Yeah, why would anyone ski? If you need to go down here, you'll just go down it. There's a lot of fuss about nothing. Just because you can't do well, it. Well, actually, yeah. there's a mu- it's a multi-purpose trip. Yeah. So, instead of getting on the desk at work, mm. There's a very cool bar here where we're at. We're going to do it here. Don't do that there, because you was meant to come and do it in our radio studio. They, they didn't yeah, you? We're going to do that as well, but we thought we'd, we needed to convince the People don't know what you're talking about yet. Allow me to explain. You okay. said you were going to come into our radio studio and stand on the desk and pull down your knickers to reveal that, <laughs> that you... This is horrible. This is filth. That's, That's what she said. I'm a, don't shoot the messenger. I, how many times <laughs> must I be condemned for the perverse actions of a few twisted women? So she said she was going to come into our radio studio which, may I remind you, listeners, is the same studio used by Terry Wogan, one of the greatest broadcasters ever to have lived. She was going to come in here and pull down her knickers in Wogan's studio, then she said she was going to grind herself on Wogan's <sighs> chair and say, F you, She's Terry. She's wind your body. Wiggle your willy, Terry Wogan. <laughs> <laughs> she, was gonna, she said she was going to do all those things. Now, when are you coming to do them, Kat? Um, next week. Fine. 
Well, make sure you administrate it with young Mikey. Mikey's in charge of administrative matters. Mikey, make sure if next week when we arrive at this studio, there's not a woman grinding herself in a Wogan's chair, all drunk on Swiss booze and jamming chocolate into her face, we'll be furious with you. We want Toblerones. Other mountainous chocolates are available. So, what should we, should we have? A, should we have a listen to something? Then let's talk about Matt on that farmyard when he was a lad killing mm. things. And Kill then one thing by accident. That is a still not good way to treat farm life. Let's listen to Led Zeppelin when we'll come back and Matt can get himself out of this agricultural quagmire. Been rock and roll there, playing that song to us. So listen to Russell Brand, not Bland, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm doing their work for them. On Radio 2, this is the radio station that we're currently on right now at this second. So um, when I was in Los Angeles, I met Victoria Newton, she's uh, the Sun's showbiz gossip columnist, their column Bizarre, she says she listens to this show and the podcast and that, then just like nicks things, puts them down as stories. I've noticed that. Yeah. What so, was she in LA? I think the Grammys was on or something like that. Right. And, um, so, like, I'm thinking from this show, they'll, they'll put in the paper, uh, backstage, win in a bottle, message in a bottle, maybe. I'm just saying, because it's good to be able to predict the whole of the story. Hmm. Gives us something to do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really go anywhere, that story, though. It's not like... Um, well, if I was writing it, I'd say that to it. avoid Joss Stone in the lavvy, he weed, that's how I'd do it. You know? Yeah. So now we've given them an editorial line. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they can pursue that if they wish to. Um, yeah, I stayed in, like, really, it was meant to be a posh hotel, Chateau Marmont, but it's all sort of full of faded glory, all a bit old-fashioned and creepy. I like places to be sort of, I don't like character everywhere, it makes me nervous. The shower was all dead little and it had all these sort of beautiful ceramic tiles, but they've probably been there since the 1920s, probably Humphrey Bogart had blown off in that shower. Yeah. And like, and like, sort of, I was sort of edgy in that hotel, like, you know, it's like nice, all this art deco pieces here, there. But the thing was, I didn't, I couldn't really relax because you know, if you go to a really posh hotel, it's very standardised, isn't it? And plush. Whereas this one was all full of character. And John Belushi, out of Blues Brothers, etc., died in that hotel. I thought I could hear his ghost trip. Really? I thought I could hear the wails of Belushi's ghost share haunting me. Do yourself in, son! Do us all a favour! He won't say nothing, really. Just, just whales, really. Just yeah, whales. Yeah, yeah. And Why I, did you stay at that hotel? Well, because I, I, when I was going out there, I goes to Courtney Love, where shall I stay in a hotel? And I <laughs> then just took her advice and forgot it was Courtney Love, <laughs> so that the advice will be skewed by that perspective. Because Courtney Love's advice will be particular to her lifestyle and decisions, won't it? And then she took me around this director's house called Brett Ratner, right? When I got there, I met up with her. Went around that Neil Strauss who wrote that book, The Game, who came on our radio yeah, show before. House. Yeah, he was ever so nice. What's his house like? N nice, yeah, as you'd expect, you know, sort of a knicker dropper bachelor pad. Right, <laughs> sort of like, sort of went round there. He's got a picture of him, him with Snoop Doggy Dog in the lavvy. And like, in the lavvy? In his lavvy. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, Snoop Doggy Dog walking in the lavvy. <laughs> crikey. Hey, you want to feel the drips there? <laughs> hey, yeah, just shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, yeah, and, uh, and then also what was drowned at his house was he was having a sushi making evening. I was very tired. And what? You had to make sushi yourself. Oh, oh make your own sushi. You were a vegetarian. Right, there were some vegetarian options and that. I couldn't make the sushi myself. And I can't get over it. I think that bit that you wrap sushi in smells of fish, the association is so strong yeah, in my mind. That's sea 
I suppose because it uh, is out of the sea where the mm. fish live. They so, yes. you know, they live there, don't they? Mm. I've seen those little guys yeah. <laughs> carrying on under it. So, uh, yeah, um, I didn't much, I, I think I had a strange evening after that. We went around that Brett Ratner, he directed, he directed X-Men Part 3, went around his house and Courtney had gone, oh, you've got to meet Russell Brand, oh, he's brilliant, he's really crazy, he's really wild. And I was all just tired and just sat on his settee nearly crying. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel like showing off. I just, like, but I felt this sort of sense of obligation to try and be all funny and that I couldn't carry so it out. What did you do then? You must have done something. I just sat on his settee and also he's got a reputation as being something of a womanizer, this mm -hmm. Brett Ratner. He's got a disco down in his basement that was built because the person, one of the people that owned the house before was the bloke who produced Grease. I can't remember his name. But that bloke, he, when that film came out, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta was so famous they couldn't go out anywhere. So like they had a, <laughs> they had a disco built in the basement of this producer's house, and there's all these tables that sort of rotated out, and these little touches like that <laughs> that could really make a subterranean disco. So these little nuances to bear in mind when you're designing your own subterranean it's just disco. All lies. This yeah, sounds like you lies. said <laughs> you went to LA and then just slept in an airport, <laughs> had a vivid dream. <laughs> <laughs> There's an underground disco and you can make your own sushi. <laughs> <laughs> it was lovely there, then Batman came through and gave me such a cuddle and we're going to be truly great friends. We got on so well. And then that snowman came from walking in the air. <laughs> we were up there for ages, it's freezing. So let me get my pyjamas on first, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> no, uh, it was, I did go America. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> I had a lovely time there. John Belushi's ghost. <laughs> I met people, honestly. I, I met people. People, Americans they was. That was so nice. Well, so I've done this, thank you so much. Did you have a cane and a top hat? Yeah, I was acting much more English than I do even I here. That would I mean, Hello, old Beano, pip pip toodle, a film part you say, what of it? <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Here, <laughs> pass the kettle, Martha, and off I'd go. <laughs> Who was that guy? It went well. So, and then another thing happened is that Brett Ratner in his house, he's got a, like, you know that photo booth, such as you might find in an airport, that takes a strip of four <laughs> photographs <laughs> of you, where Superman that time went in one, <laughs> and then you could, it would reveal the secret of Superman. I just saw, I saw a lovely documentary, actually, the other day, about children drinking too much, right? Like this. How old children? 16 year olds, right? Okay. They're like just drinking too much. And this one girl, it's really brilliant. Really, she spoke to camera because she was saying what she knew the documentary maker wanted to hear. She goes, Well, I do tend to drink too much, and like when I do that, I tend to just run in front of cars, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> tend to have this tendency like she was observing herself from the outside it's really funny then like, then there's this lovely bit where they'd been voiceover like and then so, and so what will happen to these young ladies nobody knows but it's suddenly a binge drinking culture in this country will have the endemic effects of it blah, blah, blah. and then the, the voiceover dropped out and you could hear it going like yeah it's just you know i saw superman it's stupid because like you know lois lane works with him all day and then he flies around but she don't recognize him that's true that's she made this observation bad stand up <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> about, like, about Superman, it's really lovely, just that, you know, that Clark Kent and Superman have the same identity, essentially. Bless her, that kid. Anyway, back to this house, photo booth there, and uh, everyone that goes around Brett Ratner's house has to go in this photo booth and get their photo done. I went in it. Then he gave me a book of a compilation <laughs> of all the people that have ever been in it. Michael Jackson there was. What an egotist. Nick Cage, all in this book. What well, a name dropper. He never dropped a name, he dropped a photo. He should have refused to go in his booth. I should have refused to go in his booth. Mm. Well, think about all the little arses that have been in there. Kirk Douglas's Spartacus Articus sat Who there. Who was the first one? What, in the book? Yeah. Just some model or something. He was. He had some beautiful model drifting around in his house. He had a, I looked, there was some painting on the wall looked like it was just normal. I went and had a look at it, it was just, it was like a portrait, regular looking portrait thing. When I had a look at it, it was Picasso had drawn it. 
that weren't of Picasso, which would have been less valuable. Mm, <laughs> it really? Yeah, it's a Picasso just hanging around in his house. It's nice it was there, and then I went home because I was tired and couldn't do no more showing off that day. That is the end of my weekend! Oh, thank Love you, that's Russell. brilliant. <laughs> You've drawn a picture too, that's yeah, lovely. Yes, that's me and the director <laughs> coming. Um, so, uh, yeah, hold on, what's the thing? Oh, there's someone on the line. Who is it? If you're on the line, <laughs> say hello at us. Hello. Hello, what's your name? It's Sophie. Sophie the person? Yeah. Sophie, how kind of you to have called us. Now, I assume you've got a problem, because this is our item called Cry for Help, where you, people call us up and cry for help. So say the problem to us, then cry for help, then me, Matt and Trev will do our damnedest to help your ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> say um, it, then. Well, a few months ago... Yep. What I happened? got a new piercing. Oh, you what? dirty, filthy little cow. <laughs> how old are you, Sophie? Twenty-three. Fair enough. Right, go on then, tell us a story. Uh, so, I just... Curiosity got the better of me and I decided to get one of my nipples pierced. Oh, out of curiosity? Yeah. Curiosity killed the cat. It didn't make the cat pierce its own nipple. It's a ridiculous yeah. way to live. Go I on just then. wanted to know what it felt like. Phew, alright. What did it feel like? It's quite painful. Right, I would have thought so. Now what's happened? I bet your nipples are weeping. No, it's not. It's fine. Is it? That's I don't like it. Me, I've not, I don't like it. When we see some boobs and one of the nipples pierced, I think, why bother? They're pretty, they look good as they are. Absolute They're spoiled. design classic, the mm -hmm. boob, mm -hmm. and it's better than a Coke <laughs> bottle. Mm -hmm. It's better than anything you're likely to come across. Why would you put something on Sometimes it? Sometimes it looks nice with no. piercing. Why gild the lily? <laughs> why gild the lily? Why spoil the show? I like boobs as they are, but go on, on with your story, Sophie Piercy Boob. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of my problem, actually. Go on. Is because the only person who's actually seen it or knows about it is my friend who came with me mm. when I got it done. Yeah. And since then, I've like like yourself, I've heard a few guys saying that they think piercings on girls are unattractive and and mm. it's not something they yep. like about girls. Yep. So what do you want, what do you want to do? I've been longer than I've had it done. Right. So I was just getting worried about. Um, what a guy would think when they first saw it. Right, well, luckily we can help you here. Show <laughs> us it. Pop along or send us a photo. Put it in a scanner. Put your boob in a scanner, <laughs> like, or a photocopy or anything really, and then, uh, and then just send us the images. Alternatively, stand outside a man's toilet, right, like, say, in a busy shopping print precinct, then just, uh, just, like, have a placard with what do you think guys are in on it, and then put that, put your booby round the door, and then put that placard round the door, so people can judge your booby. Spaniel's nose and just shake it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a womble face. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what, what do you think? So, essentially you need to do some t test conditions. You can come down to our radio show if you want and show us your boob and then we will give a verdict on the air of what we think of your boobs. Well, In I'm fact, that applies to all women. <laughs> Definitely, I'll just flash you from the audience. Yeah, when are you coming to see us? A week on Monday. Flash it from the audience, yeah, just flash it. I mean, if you've got your nipple pierced, pretty much you're saying you want people to look at it. Trevor's got his little face on, like his little Alan Bennett face, all confused. <laughs> like I'm he's not just confused. I know what a nipple is, and I know what a pierced nipple is. Yeah, I just think you should draw a pig's face on it so <laughs> that it looks like a little piggy when you're in that audience next Monday. Trevor, why <laughs> would you? And, and then would you hold it and goes, pig. And go squeak, biggy squeak from the audience. Oh, Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> Charlotte's Web's a porno film. <laughs> Babe pig in the city. <laughs> in the city, it's asking for it. Expect <laughs> <laughs> it's in the red light district, isn't it? <laughs> and then the other one, do, do just like a little mole's face on the other one, like it's a little mole that's just <laughs> peeping out of the hole. Trevor, why are you trying to turn your boobs into cartoon characters? What's wrong with you? 
I, well, I just think it's more adventurous that way. They could talk to each other then. Fair enough. Right, okay, well, Trevor's given you some suggestions there, Sophie, which I imagine you'll be keen to discard. But you can, uh, yeah, flash them at us from the audience and then we'll give you a report. But if you've done it, you may as well be confident in yourself, you know, and it's not what other people think, is it? As long as you're happy. And now do the help bit where you go, help, at the end of it. Right, well, we've helped you already, so, you know, that our work is done. Sophie, thank you very much for your call. Do take care of yourself, my love. You, you will find happiness. You sound to me like a lovely person. Thank you. ta dear. Off she goes, old Sophie. Matt, what do you think about her piercing her nipple in this way? I don't mind it, but, um, she's stupid for doing it out of curiosity. <laughs> yeah. And then thinking, oh, hang on, people don't like it. Why didn't you do the survey first? Do the survey first. Well, it's not irreversible. You can take it just out. Just take it out. Yeah, but there's all, it's always, I've got ear piercings and they're never quite healed as up. as if you've got a load of ears in a trophy cabinet <laughs> in your house. He has. Well, yeah. That's what he meant. What do you mean? Well, you just said, I've got ear piercings. Hey, you strap didn't say, oh, I've got my ear pierced. You didn't put the personal pronoun before the <laughs> noun there. Have you got any piercings? Yeah, I've got one in my lug hole. Have you? Yeah. What did you used to have in there? Just an indication to other gay lads I that I was up for business. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a big hoop, didn't you? <laughs> it was like a little gold hoop, you know. Did you? Yeah, I looked nice. Well, in an Essex way or in a sort of Essex pirate way. way. I was Essex. It was, I was 16 living in Grace. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hold me close! Right, okay, so what have we got, what have we got to um, talk about something important? When I was on Bloody America, on it, that's right, yeah, because I was top of it. Uh, my Lynn, who looks after my house, housekeeper, you'd call her, Lynn, who's not over there where I'm pointing, but I'm so angry, I'm <laughs> pointing over there. She cut my cat's nuts off. No! She cut Morrissey's nuts oh. off. Herself? Well, she got a vet to do it, but oh, nonetheless, right. it's bad. I came back, there was like, the, the cat flap was boarded up. That's a euphemism. No, the cat flap what, was Morrissey boarded up. What, Morrissey done that? <laughs> I'm not going out now. <laughs> he was doing a dirty protest. Well, the cat flap was boarded up. I goes, why is the cat flap boarded up? She goes, the cat can't go out. And I went, no, because she's always threatening to cut his nuts oh. off. She goes, no, you haven't. She goes, yeah, I've cut his nuts. Uh, uh, she goes, I had to. I goes, Lynn, I asked you not to cut off his nuts. And she had cut them yeah, off. Well, that's she for, had... for his own good. She said it's for his own good, because when we move out, then he won't want to wander off so much, plus he won't want to F everything and fight all the time, oh. and get all those stupid diseases that have got the word cat in front of them, like cat AIDS and cat cancer and cat men do, and all these <laughs> things that make the diseases sound a bit stupid. Is he different, noticeably? I mean, he seems less nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's affected him. In I a think good way or a bad way? I've gone off him a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, uh, you know, he's lost a bit of his, you know, he... They change. They change. The character has changed. Yeah. I he's like a eunuch it. now. He's a eunuch. He's a eunuch. Give him a vasectomy. Why take them all off? Could have given him a cat vasectomy. That's just lazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what's the difference? Well, he, what, with my cat? He yeah. just seems a bit like... No, I mean, what's, what do you mean? We cut his nuts off. That is a vasectomy. No, no you can not. cut the tube, couldn't you, between oh, the she's nuts. actually had them off. He's not got nuts. He had well, these little, like, black bumblebees <laughs> of nuts. I loved them. What, they've withered? Then, <laughs> no, that's what they were they... like before. Well, yeah, they... little black bumblebee nuts. They're yeah. lovely, they were, like, the two little bees nestling under his tail and bum. They were uh, lovely. I used to go, oh, there's his little balls, his little balls. You need your mouth and you shouldn't have done that. Why? I liked it. The mime you did then, that was... It was a good that, mime. Look, where, I... he's, where he's going like that with the balls, that means the cat's bum was by his nose. Yeah, because yeah. no, I'm laying down in the bed, he puts his bum in my face, I'll wiggle his balls. Oh, we're going to stop this now, because we're going to get calls from the goldfish. I don't trust him. Right, okay, then, oh, I want to listen to Bleeding Michael Jackson. All right. Well, changing everything all the time. Where was it? Looking through the window, it's down there underneath oh, yeah. the clash. There it is. Don't ruin it! <laughs> Don't ruin it! The clash is coming up. There might be a bit of clash later, guys! <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold your breath! Right, okay, let's listen to uh, Looking Through the Window by them Jackson Fives. Windows, isn't it? 
I don't know how many what their house looks like, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I imagine the less windows, the better. So, uh, yeah, there they are, looking through that window. What was that dance you just did? It was erotic, man. I feel violated. You will be, you sexy little cow. So <laughs> 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 now I'll keep my hands off you, I really don't. Uh, do try. I'll keep going. Now, as you know, childhood is that bit what happens before you're long enough. Matt, when he was a childhood, went to a farm. What happened? I didn't want to talk about this. He went to, listen to this, I'll give you my version, then he'll butt in to try and make it sound better. When he was a kid, he actually, like, you know, if you grow up in a sort of urban stroke suburban area, they think, oh, I'll give him a look at, like, cows. See where milk so, comes from. Yeah, yeah. Matthew had some horrible ideas about where <laughs> milk came from, <laughs> where he lived his life. Right, so they him and his little sister, him and his big, big sister, sister, went to this sort of farm somewhere probably in rural Kent. And New Forest. Uh, New Forest. It's a big farmer, he said, who's like uh, John Noel, our manager, which, <laughs> like, you know, that shorthand for, all right, big sort of gruff sort of bloke with a big plastic hand, big, wasn't it? bright pink plastic hand, didn't bright it? Bright pink. Because he'd got he'd chopped off this. in a big machine, probably, a common oh, harvester or something. Yeah. But why would you have it replaced by one that looked like a marigold glove? Was it that kind of pink? Yeah, bright pink. And then he would Stupid. drop it, and then all the kids would go, and they would keep, they would make, manufacture the artifice of the kids actually helping. So it'd be a bit right, about, like, what, 12, well, Everyone had kids? a different job. No, it was more than that. It was loads of kids. Really, 30 well, kids? It's hard to gauge, isn't it? Because when you're a kid, kid it seems everything like a crowd. seems different, yeah. There's probably mean. about 25 kids. Oh, thanks a tiny! Like when you go back to your old school, which I shouldn't have done anyway, and <laughs> led to a lot of trouble. But I had a few scores to settle. <laughs> have you ever been to a primary school and seen the stupid little toilets? Yeah, yeah. I have. That's Amazing, where I spent most of my time while I was there. Which is what led to the trouble. <laughs> That's a joke, for God's sake. Yeah, I did. I went back there. The sinks are so low down. It's Ridiculous. ridiculous. What's the point in being a child living down there? They use normal-sized toilets at home. Yeah, they, yeah kids. <laughs> Who do they think they are? At home, they can use a normal-sized toilet. When they get to school, they turn it little Lord Fodder. I couldn't possibly <laughs> clamber up there. It's like a little egg cup. <laughs> do you remember when you were a kid and you fall bit into the toilet and get yeah, stuck? Yeah, yeah. So they have those little. Into it. I bet you did that every day. Every single day. I, I bet you did it as a cry for help yourself. <laughs> Don't talk like that about your uncle. <laughs> I, uh, I had a funny memory about that the other day. I remembered uh, wishing that one day after I'd done my business, I used to look down into the toilet. Business? You got paid for it. No wonder he's so rubbish at his job now. <laughs> he's trying to keep the same ethos. Yeah, giving out crap for money. Yeah. Go on in, I Jeff. got paid by the ounce. But um, I looked down and, and I used to wish that one day I would find a little something live, an animal or something like that. A little. You, well, that's what you'd give them birth. Yeah, something like that. I must have been disappointed when it was just uh, a lump of human excrement. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'd, I'd think, oh, did I see it move? Is that a little dinosaur? Did is that, that a little you on acid? <laughs> no. Why don't you just stick matchsticks in it and a couple of beads no. and pretend it was a sausage dog? But if you think about it, it's like. It's <laughs> It's like Put a, on a roller skate, take it for a walk. <laughs> it's like a lady chicken laying an egg and then the, it grows into a chick. A lady chicken? A hen, All a hen. chickens are ladies. <laughs> a hen. A hen. Hens are ladies. Roosters is See, that's why I had to go to that farm. Could you I learn didn't nothing? learn a thing. <laughs> that plastic hand man was where chickens are ladies. Oh, they were wearing those bras and stuff. That was just your farm. So, yeah, Matt was down at his farm. Trevor, stop trying to draw a comparison between the idea of laying an egg and you doing a whoopsie. Okay. All right? That's, that's a ridiculous I'll stop analogy. That. I'll stop that. Let's go back to Matt's farm where he was as a kid. So Matt, it turns out, had all sorts of what I can only describe as latent psychopathic tendencies.
bodies which were drawn to the surface by being in an environment where he had an opportunity to deal with things weaker than him, right? So, like, what, these are just some of the experiences that happened. He fell in love with the 18-year-old farmer's daughter, even though he himself was seven and thought he genuinely had a chance when he was just <laughs> holding his hand out of simple kindness. <laughs> then, right, apparently, there's, you know where they, them chicks are incubated yes. after they're born? There's, like, a, a big tray red of light. Yeah. Big red light yeah, of all yeah. warm little chicks, that strange bird sting. That little chirping, yeah, chirping yeah. noise, right? Well, apparently, like, I was in charge of that because I was the smallest kid. He was in charge of that. That was an easy job. Right? So they trusted him. Yeah, they yeah. trusted him to look after those chicks. Next to that was a little morgue area where the dead chicks would look like when some of the chi chicks were runts, I think, of or, and they'd get they're trampled. They're not called runts if they're a chick. That's they big. are. Then <laughs> the ones that was too little, they would just the little die. feeble ones. What so they eating the in equivalent of perhaps Russell <laughs> as a child, <laughs> who, without the love of society, would have <laughs> been trampled by the other children. <laughs> <laughs> so them little ones would die, and then yeah. sort of like, and they'd have to be discarded to a tray that was well, they're, they're just all immediately flat and dried out, and like their beaks were screaming. trapped in a frozen scream of death for eternity, or mm. at least until their bodies decayed. Right, mm. and that was adjacent to where the living ones were under this red light. Little infant, seven-year-old Matt, right, used to go, right then, Matt, you look after the birds, the chicks, and that. He'd, okay, there'll be no bother. And he'd stand there, right, and guess what he'd done? He used to take the little baby living chicks yeah. out of the under the incubation light yeah. and like cut them in his hands all yeah. delicately, yeah. move them over to the morgue's death slab of frozen dead chicks yeah. and show the living <laughs> chicks the dead ones like oh. an eerie chilling warning of what <laughs> could become of them. There you are. Here's a glimpse of your future. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. I, was, I was, think I was about six. I think I just thought, they're all happy there, <laughs> but they should really know that there's another side to life. That's amazing. <laughs> They're living in ignorance, these little birds. And so I picked them up, and all I did was show them, and they sort of went, <laughs> I didn't like it, because it smelled smell weird. the smell of death. Yeah. You showed them the smell of death. Well, you know. You Some doing? of those chicks would have grown up to be little poets and <laughs> gloomy little heroes. Ah, perpetually we wait to return to the egg, the cruel, cruel crack, the chicken hen rump. Yeah, I suppose so, but chicken's poems wouldn't be worth reading. Then another thing he'd done, there were great big, like, pig areas. No, I told you all lived. this in, like, you know, I was in my coming clean house. about it, in your ridiculously hot house, which you used to get stories out of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, just relax, drink my peppermint tea. I, I, feel, like, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> I have to tell you this. <laughs> Clear your conscience, nephew. <laughs> it's probably best to tell me anything you've done to the piggy wigs. <laughs> tell me the story. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Like, and then it's, and then he goes, oh, those are pigs. But pigs, when you actually encounter them, they're not like, you know, three little pigs out of a story. Huge they're great sounds. big long boars, slabs yeah. of flesh. <laughs> snuffling and salivating. Mm -hmm. He spoke of two boars warring with foaming pink jaws over a fence and sows feeding rows of scruffy little piglets. All are you trying to get body. a level? English literature. <laughs> I've already got several certificates for my speaking. He's uh, doing poem. <laughs> that's just the way I am. <laughs> right. And then he said that he saw a chicken had strayed. And no, he, no, it's really so funny how he told me this. He goes, there's a pig area. He goes to me when he was telling this story, like an idiot who knows nothing about anything. He goes, well, he goes, uh, the chickens were allowed to go wherever they like. So there was one of them up on. And he said it as if he mildly resented the chickens' <laughs> freedom. <laughs> the chickens would go wherever they like. So there was one up on top of the, one of the pig's houses. And, and he remembered. Didn't talk like that. Yes, you did. You yobbed your way through that. Look at me. I'll turn it into a glorious thing with warring boars. You, you twerp. A yeah, chicken was walking on in inside the pig's 
It was like a hotel. <laughs> a pig's hotel. Yeah. See? That's but, like, the pigs had their outside bit, and then they could go in the inside bit, the little dark bit, but there was a corridor you could go like down. Like the it's monkeys at the zoo can go inside. I hate them yeah, being allowed in there. Yeah, but only the there. people who work in the zoo are allowed in that bit. Yeah. But I was as- I worked on that farm. <laughs> I pretty well went in that corridor. <laughs> and there was a chicken just walking on the- one of the walls. And there was a great big sow, like, in the- in the concrete box, being like, <laughs> <laughs> <just> going <laughs> mad. And I just- <laughs> I don't Ocean know, of pork. I just thought, if that chicken- fell in there, I wonder what would happen. <laughs> Matt couldn't stand to see that chicken happy, all free, walking oh, about, standing about on the this. pig hotel. What did you do? I sort of pushed the chicken into the pig thing, and then it went <laughs> <laughs> all this noise and feathers and, and terror, and so I ran out. And then when we were having our dinner that evening, I said to the, the farmer came down, dropped his plastic hand on our table. <laughs> clunk, clunk. So we had to eat our dinner, and I went, Oh, Mr. Farmer, if a chicken went into the pig's house, what would happen? Need <laughs> <laughs> done it. And the farmer went, Well, it would be very bad. And anyone who oh, the chicken wouldn't do that on its own. <laughs> like, he's clearly. Oh, there'd been a problem with that to occur. I'm such an idiot. I pretty much owned up you to it. You gave a game up there, mate. You should never have asked that question. You should have kept stum. Then I they know, never would have known. What a weird little kid I was. We've all done bad things. And what about Trevor? Get chopping off them baby birds' yeah. heads with well, a spade. I didn't chop the baby birds' heads off, as we know. Yeah, you got Jason Weathercoats to do it, didn't you? Clary coats. You got Trevor, like a little pint-sized gangster, got a, a yob next door neighbour to bed, behead a lot of blue tits. Bed a Seduce these little babies. <laughs> How would you seduce a blue tit? Hello, what a lovely boob. <laughs> what a wonderful azure shade of nip nip. <laughs> um, so go on, Trevor. You chopped off these baby birds' heads with a spade. It, it was an act of kindness. That's all it was. And it, and and I w wouldn't necessarily um, not do it again because you do it again, would you? Well, because it was the only thing they were going to die anyway. Do do they die slowly of thirst and parchment from the sun, or do they parchment? That means paper. That's well, being paper for Shakespeare. They were thirsty, though. It was the hot sun. It was a spring that was hot. It was the hot sun, not that cold one. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Nighttime sun. I hate that guy. <laughs> Shining out darkness on us all. <laughs> <laughs> what a twerp you are. Then Trevor didn't even have the courage to kill them blue tits himself. He got some dimwit from next door. He was like, a dimwit. He was older than me. mice and men. <laughs> some big lumbering oaf in dungarees, but no shirt on, to behead him with a spade, didn't you, Trevor? I While you stood by fiddling with your nib. <laughs> I didn't fiddle with my nib. I was upset. I thought it was a sad thing for these little babies to fall out of their nest. But what can you do? You can't feed them. I bet you pushed them out of their nest, I didn't, didn't push them out. All right, have we got to go to news or we've something? We've got to have some good old newsy posts. Right, okay, now you might be wondering what's happening on this crazy planet of ours. I know I am. I looked out the window just now and it was baffling. If only there were some sort of show to tell us what was going on. Now, Andrew Simmons, I've noticed, ain't been... Simpson, is it, Andrew? But, Simmons. Andrew Simmons. I've noticed, when I listened to the show last week, she weren't fulfilling our demands of saying things in the news. So that means we've got to come down hard this time. Andrea, we want you to say the words... What do we want to say, Matt? Um, come pierce hits. No. Piercing. Pierce blue tit. Pierce blue tit. Andrew, if you don't say <laughs> Pierce blue tit in this news, by God, it could sound like you. a name. Pierce blue tit. Yeah. Pierce blue tit from the meteorological office. <laughs> like okay, 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. Ten o'clock. This is Andrea Simmons. Oh, and uh, by the way, Russell, that little word challenge, you win again. Online, on digital, and on eighty-eight to ninety-one FM. 
BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. Take on me don't really make much sense. What do you think? They, what do they mean? Take, take me on. Take me on. What, take me on in a romantic on sense. Me. Go on, take me on. Go it's on. Like give us a little job. <laughs> <laughs> this is a job polishing you up, all spruce. Take on me. It doesn't make sense. It does make sense. Take on me. Love is always about Morrissey. He was a don't attack Morrissey. <laughs> he does. She need less to say. He's like that. So he speaks. It's it's I don't know what. Morton Hart is a noble man. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't noble. He was in Lord of the Rings. He's a drawing. Trevor! There's a letter here from a young man. It says, Dear Jim, can you fix it for me? It says, Russell, Matt, and Locke. I, like most, am a big fan of your podcast. Thanks. And enjoy your sterling work. I was sitting listening one dreary Tuesday and was amazed by the audacity of a lying American from Cincinnati. Let me explain. I am a lifeguard. Right, now we were talking about lifeguards recently on this programme, and our belief is that lifeguards sit in that chair at swimming pools, that big tall umpire's chair of theirs, praying for a drowning to happen, yep. just to give them something to do. And what an what a over-the-top word. Lifeguard. Exactly. Oh my god, some life is getting away! Yeah. I must guard it! Go back and referee a tennis match. Uh, Trevor! I'm a lifeguard and have previously been a bouncer, and I would like to confirm that you guys are in fact correct. When sitting on poolside, you think a lot. Well, daydream, actually. And as your mind is wandering, you think what would happen if someone did actually drown. You imagine you'd rescue them and become a local hero. <laughs> and so you're actually willing for an old woman to slowly sink to the bottom so that you can save the day. The same goes for bouncing, which I also used to do. As a bouncer, he's not made out of plastics. I used to walk behind clubbers and trip them up and sneakily hide to see if this bloke would start any trouble so I could find an excuse what? and chuck him out. I don't know. Maybe I'm unprofessional. <laughs> yes, you are, Simon. <laughs> Sorry about the rant. Feel free to phone and discuss the details further. P.S. Matt, isn't Krav Maga a form of ground fighting made popular by the Iraqi police so you're learning to fight no, once you've already no, been knocked down? no. It's an Israeli system and it's standing up. So <laughs> there you go. It couldn't be more different. He's it's not Iraqi, it's Israeli and it's knocked you all stood not right ground. up nice no, and tight. You stand up. Right, and what's this, mate? He's unprofessional, this that's fella, like, Simon. That's like an ambulance driver going around running people over and going, Oh, it's like you with your well, dog. It? It's the same it's it's the same, it's the same mentality. Mikey, take it down, take it down, take it down, Mikey, in charge of the phones. Let's get this lad up, Simon. If he's available to us, I, I want to get to the bottom of it. what makes that guy tick. He sounds crazy, yeah. Well, he's a bouncer, he's walking around clubs, tripping people up, but we've all been suspected. He's a lifeguard that wants people to drown. You know, so if if he's watching the people no, he doesn't drowning, want to drown, he's watching he wants him. He does want to rescue them. Yeah, he wants them to be in a situation. Every lifeguard sat smiling whilst woman drowns. It's lifeguard jumped in and saved her. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, that's your job. You shouldn't be a hero. <laughs> no, it's like if an ice cream man gives you an ice cream, you don't weep with gratitude. You're obsessed with ice cream. <laughs> I like it. It's lovely stuff. I'd like to share another lifeguard story. It's true that lifeguards, says John, spend most of their time looking at birds and twiddling with their whistles. On the petting, onto the petting, a guy came in the pool with his girlfriend. She was quite curvy and with a two-piece bikini. She only just fitted into a banana hammock. What does that mean? A banana hammock. What is yeah, a, banana a banana hammock? hammock. It's a hammock. Shaped like a banana. Just, just hear the word hammock. Oh, Bananas right. thrown you. <laughs> I'd like a banana! <laughs> <laughs> and then monkeys come in. I keep banana in my lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> it go brew. 
thrown over the corpse like, they smell strange, they only eat the penguin! <laughs> <laughs> they frolicked in the diving pool, away from the prying eyes of the general public, but within eye line of me. After ten minutes, he decided to get out and sit on the side of the pool on the tiled seats and cross his legs. She wanted him back in the pool and baited him from the side while pressing her bosoms on the poolside. He refused, so she climbed up and pulled his hand to get him in the water. All the time, he protested loudly. She pulled and pulled until he stood up, but without straightening his legs, just pivoting on his heel because he was trying to hide his obvious love pole. A pole who of wrote love? this? Well, he's called John. John the man, who used to be a swimming guard. He was now standing and having a lot of attention drawn to himself in full view of the pool and the gallery above. Here are the lessons to be learned. One, no petting in the pool. Two, slim trunks might look good, but shorts are better. Three, if your girl is curvy and has a small bikini, be prepared. Four, if you get a stiffy... <laughs> Remain in the pool until the problem goes away. Such a school word. Stiffy. Oh, I've got a real stiffy for you, babe. I have babe. To stay on the bus one more stop because I had a stiffy. <laughs> a bloody stiffy. Do you remember that? Well, if you, yeah, I do. Now, uh, you shouldn't have done that. That's <laughs> <laughs> very unprofessional. Uh, what if you try and use stiffy in a sort of erotic way? So, oh, well, come on, won't you touch my stiffy? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, I've got a stiffy. All right, fair enough. Is that your erotic way? Yeah, it is. Yeah, come on, touch that stiffy. Stop it. <laughs> Trevor, you don't have to touch me on the stiffy. I haven't even got a stiffy. Oh, now we've got a letter. Oh, no, we can't read that out now. It's from teenagers and it'll make us seem like weirdos. Right, now we've got someone on the phone. Who in God's holy name is it? Hello, Russell, it's Mark. Mark, alright, mate, what's going on? Uh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Um, first of all, well done for the Brits, mate. Thank you, I was trying my hardest. It went well, didn't it? Yeah, well done. There was no, uh, tumbleweed moments like there are with, uh, other presenters over the years. Well, that's, you know, me and Matt wrote up a lovely script full of brilliant and yet uncontentious jokes, which, you know, may have been reported as being contentious, but n actually, none of them are, are they? <laughs> no, They're good. all good. There's no contentious jokes there. Thank you for your praise, old Bean. Now, how can we help you in our cry-for-help item? Um, well, basically, um, I'm a holiday rep. Um, you're, you represent holidays, or I, re I represent holidays. Um, Lovely. I'm already starting to relax. <laughs> um, well, I've been um, sent home from my current holiday rep duties. Why? Um, what have you done? I've been injured. I injured myself oh, snowboarding. Oh, no, you've done a crime. I was <laughs> hoping he'd done a crime as well. I was hoping he was going to say oh, I killed someone. I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I cuddled him too hard. <laughs> but, but go on. So you hurt yourself snowboarding? Yeah, hurt myself snowboarding. So as a bit of a um, welcome home, Mark, me and my friends went out um, on a couple. Of nights um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of nights, a couple of weeks ago. A couple, couple of, couple of, couple of, for a couple of drinks with a couple of girls, a couple of, couple of, couple of. What's been going on, Mark? Why is everything in twos? <laughs> well, basically, my situation comes in twos. Uh oh. Uh, so no. does mine on a good day. <laughs> I'm being silly, Mark. Tell us about the problem. Um, well, on the first night I went out, met a y lovely young lady. Yeah. Um, nice. Very nice. Had to have a few drinks together, agreed to meet up. Did you kiss her? I did, yes. Good. Oh. Um, agreed to meet up the next week. Fine. Um, totally unrelated. Went out of my friends. What should folks say? You're kissing girls that you're related to. It really <laughs> reduces the glamour. <laughs> went out. Went out the second night, the night after. Yeah. Um, and met another young lady. Right. Was rather nice and kissed her as well. Okay. Um, swapped phone numbers with them both. Yes. Um, I've since taken them both out on a date. You dirty both of them and Right. Can't really decide who to go for, and I was wondering if I could have your help on the matter. Uh, I know how Russell made that decision. How would I? Boob size. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a little method I like to employ. When you don't know which one to go out with, take a good look at their boobs. One of those boobs will be bigger. Go out with that one. <laughs> Just the boob. Just any boob. Either of the boob will do. No, right, okay, let's look at the criteria. There's sex appeal, 
Then there's good old-fashioned personality, compatibility, stuff like that. Now, what is it you're looking for in a woman, Mark? Um, well, they're both really attractive, so I can't really decide on the looks right, side so of it. Why do you have to choose one? Yeah, exactly. Well, just say so you don't want a girlfriend, you're just Matt playing Morgan. the field, you're having fun. We I've, live I've done that, I've been a holiday rep, I've done that, I've had my cake and eaten it. Oh, so you want a girlfriend? Do something else. You want to go steady? You yes. want to go steady, do you? You've had some cake, now you want to be a bit steady. I do, all, all, my, all my mates are telling me they've got to start, you know. How old are you? 21. Get amongst it, lad! Get out there and <laughs> give them hell! 21 years old, you've got another decade of hell raising. What I want you to do now, Mark, is I want you to take care of your trousers and your pants and run out into the street <laughs> and just scream, chase me, chase me, and anyone who'll listen, coax yourself into a state of arousal or just prong people in the leg. One day you'll find a wife, but not today. Alright, let's make a decision just for the purpose of the game. Why don't you give us both of these girls phone numbers, we'll solve the problem for you in half hour by suggesting Juicing the pair of them and turning them into giddy little pools of madness. <laughs> no, wh what do we? We want to find out which one's best. Why don't we help you? Why doesn't he give us both their numbers? Yeah. Good. Then we do a simple test. What is the simple test? You phone up and go, oh, "Hello, I'm Russell." Off the telly. Do you want to go out with me? Are you seeing anyone at the moment? Yeah. Is there yeah. anyone in your life you care about? Yeah, right. Who's got a broken leg? Who's <laughs> got a broken? Leg? Have you have you got your leg in a cast at the moment, Mark? No, it's only the ligament damage. I haven't got it in a cast. Okay, so you're not obbling around like an invalid. Okay, but that would give you a bit of pirate glamour. So and they uh, could sign the cast. They can sign the cast. That's lovely. You've got that memento. It's nice. Okay, well, what? Yeah, Matt's suggestion is a good one. Why don't you leave your uh, n get, leave these girls' numbers and then we'll work it out, right? And we'll do like a nice little test on them where I call them up and uh, say, right, oh hello, I've come by your number. I got it off of a computer, something like that. And then uh, yeah, we'll do those tests. Do you think that's a good will idea? You do that? Not really, no. <laughs> Why not, Mark? Well, one of them's at work all day, so you yeah. won't answer a phone, and the hmm. other one's never heard of you. Well, how do you know? <laughs> how, 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 why did that come up in conversation? Well, well, wait, no, well the, one of the starting conversations was, we was, I was talking to the first girl, was actually talking about Trevor Locke. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I can understand I never hear well, of him. Well, no, no, I've she, barely she, heard of him, she, and I'm in the room with him. <laughs> she's a big fan of your podcast, as am I. Yeah. And we started laughing when we were commenting on, on uh, Trevor's drop your jam comment that he made last week. Disgusting. Weird. That was misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. So, one, one of them has never heard of you and probably... How, how's that prove that she's never heard of me? Was she listening to the podcast? Well, no, but no, the other one that's at work has heard of but you. He's right. using our podcast as a chat-up line. He's going Don't out, use our podcast as chat-up lines. They're there for us to get women, Mark. <laughs> Let me be clear about this. <laughs> I resent Matt and Trev pulling from the podcast. <laughs> Hello, new. You're about thrice removed from the process. Okay, well, listen, you're, we've offered you a test. You still haven't gone help. Help! Right, okay, well, <laughs> that's <pathetic>. something. <laughs> Matt thinks it was pathetic. Um, okay, well, let's try and help him. He's not prepared to carry out the test as we suggested. Matt, what do you propose that we do? Um, who's the most sympathetic to your injury? Um, they're both pretty sympathetic because that's how we actually got talking. He's trying to get us to say go out of both, isn't he? It's clear yeah, that's what's what going I've on. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, as long as you're um, honest to both. I wanted to go out of both, or I'd listen to my friends. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. Someone's <laughs> tired. What? <laughs> Why don't you just go and put on a bra and a petticoat and sit alone, Mark, and nurse your own broken leg? <laughs> you silly little twerp. I don't listen. I think this year go out of both of them, but be honest with them both. Be honest with them. What, tell be them, honest. Tell them what, from the beginning. From make, the beginning. Make it clear that there's a competition going on. They'll both up their game. Then yeah. you, you reap the rewards of that. Try and get a sponsorship from Pepsi or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which other cokes are available, like Coke. <laughs>
Yeah, get us do a little contest, Mark. Now that is all the help we can offer you, unless you start giving over their numbers for us to conduct further social experiments. And to, to be frank, you still haven't proven that this other one hasn't heard of me, and I think you said it to be hurtful. And no, I, I, haven't, no I haven't. No, I haven't said it to be say. hurtful. Because how would you? How would that ever come? Oh, have you heard of Russell Brand? No, 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 no I haven't. No, yeah, no, how would you? How would you get to that point? No, because we, she was texting me while I was watching the Brits. Right. And one of her first text messages was, was, who the hell is this? Right. When you were talking. Who the hell is it? She yeah. was that kind of name. She might have gone, who the hell is this? Mm -hmm. All of a of sudden, I'm interested in the Brit Awards. <laughs> okay, yes. Fair enough, go out of that one. She sounds like she's got some trips past, some real glam. She's got some pep in her step. Go out of that one. Go out of that one. Go out of that one. Never see the other one again. I've got a bad feeling about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask him a question? Go yes, on, Trev. Ask which, a question. Which one of them smells the nicest? Pull? Oh, um, probably the first one I met, actually. The there you girl, are. She smells lovely. Right, that is the one you've got to go for. Always go with the one that Why? smells the nicest. Why, that just makes you sports and perfume, doesn't make you No, no, no. It's, it's not her perfume you like, is it? It's her natural odour we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Natural exactly. body odour, yeah! Exactly. It's a pheromonal kick from the armpit drawing you with exactly. sex wise! Okay, go to the one that stinks nicest. Mark, you've got to go now. I love you. Take care of yourself out there in the human world. May your leg get better soon. Yeah, Off goes old Mark. Take care, mate. Now, Russell. Yes! Why mate. did you get your human genitals out? <laughs> Then. Just to spice things up, I just thought it would be funny that, that, that this radio show's going on and all of a sudden I just got my genitals out. Oh, I just thought it'd be You waggled them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just waggled them at Trev. They look a bit sweaty. Don't they waggle your weary at me. Don't no, get them out again. <laughs> Why do you wear pants again. from Mothercare? <laughs> I've been disturbed by this. You out. used to be very specific about your pants, and that was bad. <laughs> but now, adults don't wear pants like that. These are adult pants. They're, they're white fronts. Where do you get them? <laughs> waggle it again. I want to see waggle it. They're, they're weird, weird pants, mate. There's nothing weird about my pants. They're like white <laughs> children's they look like pants. Trophy pants. <laughs> in a cartoon, yeah. like, if you drew a child wearing pants, you'd draw them in those. I like these pants. They, they, they still pants. exist. Look at them. It's a classic <laughs> pant. I think there's nothing wrong with it. These pants are sexy. They're new. Now, there's a lot of They're other They're not people. flattering at all. <laughs> <laughs> they look awful, mate. Matt, you're saying that's even a prospective fiance. They're not, not flattering I'm trying to do you a favour. Look at that. <laughs> Stop looking at all nuts. really silly. It's like something Johnny Briggs would wear or something. <laughs> Billy Bunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm silly, like <laughs> see, my pants are nice. What are you wearing? Let's see your pants. No, I Show know. us them. I know what sort of pants he wears. Man, he wears H&M boxers. Boxer shorts. That's yeah. one of the standard yob pants. There we are, yob exactly. pants. Good pants. <laughs> my pants have got class, mate, and they have they they ironic. Weird. It's ironic. No. White, white fronts, simple, basic underwear. Yeah. What do you want me to wear? Suspenders. You tell Trevor he's Alan Bennett. That is what Alan Bennett wouldn't wear, then. He'd wear blue ones of these, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, they're awful. They're nice white white fronts. It's simple. Look, there's a lot of business. They're toddlers' pants. They're not toddlers. They're the first pants you wear after you come out of nappies. So <laughs> what you're doing? <laughs> it's been a decade since I've worn a nappy, or perhaps even your more. Your stupid reptilian hothouse. You walk around in your toddlers' pants. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You could afford good pants now. Well, I, do you remember when You've I got made those, it? What about when I got those good pants from that gay shop in Soho Street where oh, I put my nuts through a hole? They were good pants, were they? You, the, your nuts go through a hole and it pouches them out. They weren't good enough for you. It seems like none of the pants I wear are nothing. Nothing can put a spark back into this relationship. Won't you just let me live? You are an odd man. I think the pants are... Anyway, what do you want me to do? Start wearing women's knickers? Don't try and introduce that as if I've asked you to do it. <laughs> all right, 
Oh, wear women's knickers I've seen you in women's knickers. Oh, wear women's knickers. I've seen you in women's knickers. Yeah, when? Uh, at that little Britain thing. Oh, yeah. Comic relief. What was that for? Comic relief, wasn't it? That was for. Anyway, I sometimes do wear a woman's knickers. And why wouldn't I? These pants are standard pants from a standard pant outlet. <laughs> what? Which place? It's a Marks. I don't know where you can buy them from. Marks and Spencers? They're from Marks. They're just men's pants. William, backstage at the Brits, out of your Marks and Spencers pants. Yeah, William Gallagher cuddled you. <laughs> I love him now. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked him. He wouldn't wear those God. pants, would he? He patted me on the ass. Yeah, no, no, I saw that. Right, he goes like, he spoke to him afterwards. Goes, all right, mate, all right. When he told me that his mum really likes me and thinks I'm nice, then like, and as I sort of walked away, I went, all right, see you later, kid. And sort of like patted me on the ass, and I sort of went, bloody hell, kid. I feel nice, so Christ. That's how footballers do that. Footballers do that. Yeah, it's just very masculine. Really macho men do really gay things sometimes, don't they? Really, I find. It's very attractive. It's making me feel a bit gayer than well, I always do. It confuses do. me when they, you get patted on the bottom by a macho man. I love it. <laughs> it's never happened to me. Well, I've been doing it. I pat your bum all the time. I'm all over You're you. You're like a macho man, though. Trying to put a spark back into this relationship. You're not happy with my pants. You're not happy with my health. You cuddle me and your bristly chin goes on my cheek. <laughs> I, just, oh. I, I just go into sort of... He just locks himself off, thinks the cuddle will be over soon. The over cuddle soon. will pass. Nearly done. Pass. There it's gone. Nearly gone. Half free again to think sad thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Well, we're going to listen to De La Soul, but then we listen to Smiths, because we haven't listened to Smiths for ages. You, what? Oh, <laughs> what? 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 Come on, everyone, be professional. <laughs> this is the BB bloody C. Oh. Right, go on, Della Soul. Russell just farted. No, never, Della Soul. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world. Della Soul, I know. This is Russell Brand on Radio 2 with Matt Morgan and Trevor Locke defending myself because they're attacking my pants. Actually, Trevor, you've not attacked my pants, but Matt, you have. They're just normal, standard pants. I usually nearly said bog standard there, but that's a horrible uh, <laughs> They're bog standard, my pants. How many did you get in a pack of them? Loads. 200, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> <All> shrink-wrapped. <laughs> they normally supply ball stalls. <laughs> So, uh, okay then, now, right, is there anything else for us to worry about? No? Nothing to worry about Nothing about to worry about. Everything's all Everything's right. Everything's okay? Yeah? Yeah. Cool, cool. Alright, so we just help this person then, shall we? Yep. Okay, there's a person, now this is a mysterious problem, I'll read you the email out first. Gives us a ground in the problem so we can all join in, yeah? Okay, <laughs> this is from a mystery lad. I have a problem, I need your help. My best mate, <laughs> name scrubbed out with pen, has a girlfriend by the name of, name scrubbed out by pen, I can see the name but I won't say it. They've been going out for a couple of years now and he is looking to propose to her. Dick Head. Right. <gasps> that's okay. his name, or that's what he's calling him. <laughs> this is, I think this is opinion. She works with me, and there are rumours going around the office that at the office Christmas party, she noshed off our boss. Noshed off. Oh, gosh. Wow. Okay. I'm yet to tell him of said rumours, but with the impending proposal, I feel that it is my time to intervene, but I'm not sure how to do it. Help, he writes. Okay, we're right now. He's on the phone. He's had his voice disguised because he doesn't want his mate to hear and be able to work out what the problem is. So we've got to give him a, mis a sort of a pseudonym, a mystery pseudonym, but I want to say it so that it's fun to say. So what should we call him? Pippi. Pippi. Pippi, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Pippi. <laughs> sounds like a Pippi. Pippi, you do sound like, like a Pippi. Right, Pippi. <laughs> <laughs> Pippi, you giggling sweet. <laughs> right. I sound like a chipmunk. 
You do sound like a little chipmunk, but uh, <laughs> tell us more about the problem and we'll try and take you seriously. Okay. <laughs> well, the problem is, he, uh, he's looking to pose her, well, shortly. Yeah. But... With, uh, with the rumour that I know, I think I should tell him, really, shouldn't I? Yeah. I, I can't uh, even take him seriously. Tell no, him. come on, take Pippi seriously. Oh, seriously, I'm sorry. Pose like that, careful around that sort of subject. It's a serious matter. It is. Now, yes. Pippi, Pippi, uh, right, do you think that these rumours about the, let's call it the, uh, the fellatio matter, do mm. you think that they're substantial, do you think that they're truth? Or? Um, I don't think before, <laughs> he does tend to have a nasty habit of spitting from the never reading, so possibly. What? <laughs> Pippi, you've like got the sweetest voice in the world and some of the most foul vocabulary and ideas. <laughs> I don't even understand. Do you think, sense. do you think that your, that your mate's girlfriend did do the, uh, the sex act on your boss? You I think, think there's a good chance, but even if it's not true, you should know, shouldn't you? Well, no, because it, the rumour could be damaging if it's not true. She might have made a mistake and regret it. And... What do you mean, Matt? Hold on, Matt. Say I knew that there that a, a potential a prostitute. <laughs> yes, carry on. <laughs> this is going to be hard to imagine. <laughs> I was saying, though, say I knew a potential wife of yours had noshed off our boss, in this case, <laughs> Leslie Douglas. <laughs> Radio 2. Would you want me to tell you about it? Yes. So would I. Hilarious <laughs> fun. No, like any of our bosses at various television organisations, would you, you'd want me to tell you. I would tell you. Of course, but... Oh, yeah, I suppose. So he's got to tell her. Cocky Locky, if I knew that, that uh, a potential wife of yours, God knows what kind of creature that would be. <laughs> Probably a hen that lived in a wigwam and wore clogs. That's not fair. <laughs> if this hen, this clog-wearing, wigwam-dwelling hen, had noshed off perhaps John Knoll, <laughs> would you want me to tell you about it? No. No. Why? No, because to... I don't. I don't think uh, I want to listen to rumours. I think if she wants to tell me about it, then she should tell me. If she doesn't want me to know, clacky, then clacky. She, she's got her <laughs> reasons. That little hen. That little hen's got her good reasons for not telling me. I can handle it. Mm, it's like okay. Jenny the Shepherd Boy. He didn't know that. Who? Uh, Jelly, the shepherd boy, he didn't know that his wife was going out with the squire, and when he was told, he didn't even understand. Trevor, no one else still... reads the Bible, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not a person called Jelly in the Bible. It's not in the Bible, it's from, it's from that story about the boy in Sicily. And he didn't, he found <laughs> out, father. he found out that his, his girlfriend hey, Jelly, had... you come to my daughter's wedding day, <laughs> you gnash off a chicken in a wigwam. Right. Listen, this has turned mad. <laughs> he found out. What we need is Pippi to talk. <laughs> Pippi, speak some sense. Anyway. Pippi, what? you're an aggressive little git. <laughs> <laughs> now, come on, outline the problem a bit more clearly. Well, well, I need to know how, 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 how do I go about it. Why well, can't you make up your own mind? Why don't you use... I think what you should do is use one of these voice effects and tell your friends <laughs> in this manner, because then even if it does destroy his life, it'll cheer him up a bit that you sound so cute. That's okay, good. well then you give me a ring. Alright, hold on, let's do it. Matt, what are you saying? I think you should talk to the girl and say, look, I've heard these rumours, he's my mate, did you do it? Then she'll... you'll be able to find out from her reaction. Also, use that voice to yeah, ask Yeah, definitely her. use that voice. voice. of reason there, that's well Matthew's Just voice. Just find out from the girl and then say to her, I might tell him that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> And then get her to do it to you. <laughs> <laughs> she can be your sex prisoner, Pippi. You'll have your own sex prisoner. Pippi, ring her now, then ring us back. I don't have a number. Oh, you're oh. <laughs> Get it off. Get it. Oh.
Get it from work. Get it off my girlfriend. Get it off your girlfriend. Get it off your girlfriend. Who's your girlfriend? Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> Go on, ring your girlfriend, Pippi, and get um, and get this girl's number, and then bring us back. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Um, and do what Matt said. Matt's advice look weird, is good. He can't ask his mate for his girlfriend's number. No, he's going to ask his girlfriend for a <laughs> mate's girlfriend's really number. Pippi's got his own girlfriend. Pippi's got a girlfriend of his I know, own. I reckon really? that girlfriend's got a little secret tucked away somewhere and all. I she has. Oh, I think she has. <laughs> some lovely ghoulies. Go on, Pippi, clear off and do an investigation, then come back to us when you've found some facts. Okay, I'll try. Go, and, oh, you haven't gone help. Oh, uh, help? No, a no, bit more. Good longer. Help. Longer. Say follow help. the yellow brick road. Here, say you have to follow the yellow brick road. Hey? Say follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> 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 Alright then. Say, uh, what else can we make him do? What else can we make him do? Well, My good. name's Pippi the Munchkin. Go on, I say. Thank <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love you very much. Give me a cuddle. Love you always. Uh, say I love you very much. Give me a cuddle. I love you very much. Give me a cuddle. Say Russell, I love your little panty poo pots. <laughs> Go on, Pippi. Russell, I love your panty poo pots. Good boy. <laughs> right, now, go and do your investigation. Okay. Well, oh, off he goes. He's one of the best detectives we've ever had on the firm, isn't he? This lad. What? A Terrible speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, well, he needs our sympathy and encouragement. Oh, what a dilemma, really, that was somewhat undermined by the lad's vocal He's tone. getting right off on the old problem. He was he getting is, off on he it. Is. He, he likes the power, you see. He loves the power. He's a little power monkey. He started that rumour to give him power. Yeah, you're probably right, Trev. He's yeah. probably behind the Cold War, and yeah. Al-Qaeda. If anyone noshed off his boss, he did. Trevor, oh, you're I not saying out. things like noshed off. <laughs> <laughs> it don't seem right. I somehow. don't even know what it means. But no, don't worry about it. It's not something that should ever concern you. Should we have a listen to the Smiths and then come back and deal with some other people's problems, not least Trevor's? Yes. Coming in. Arthur Person, the Smiths. Not a moment too soon. person, Smithy Smithy! And so, yes, we're dealing with a lot of dilemmas and problems. Matt, can you not wince like that? Why are you wincing? I've seen too much of your body in this show. <laughs> not nearly enough. My mum is completely obsessed with you, says Molly, age 13. She has pictures of you in your pants, without the trifle, open bracket, close bracket. She also does this pervy leg rub thing whenever you come on the TV. It's disturbing, says Molly. Molly, your mum is behaving in a perfectly natural and acceptable way. It should be Encouraged. Dear Sir Russell of Camden, I would like to say that I style myself on you, hence I'd like to know where you get most of your clothes from and what airspray you use. Just get any tight black shirt from anywhere, tight black jeans out of a girl's clothes shop, airspray, just get it out of a shop. Yeah, Easy. right, that's how you buy your clothes, isn't Hey! It? Hey, just anywhere. Yeah. I've seen him ratting through when his stylist comes in. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> what is it? You, what, what do I like? You've got a very specific taste. Christian Dior. Christian Dior. I like what he does. You don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Danny writing from Aberystwyth says, Since Matt mentioned about people changing yours and his middle name on Wikipedia, there has been immense interest on both your Wikipedia pages. Russell in particular has a wide array of different names, including Russell Paducah, Shri Begawan, Sultan Haji, Samudu Amar, Ali Saif, Uddin Third, Saad Al-Khabidan, Ibn Maram, Sultan Muhammad Jamal, El Alam, Khawadi Brand. 
Russell Tip Top Brand, Russell Horatio Brand, Russell Lombardiano Brand, Russell Edward Brand, that is my name. Russell can't stop changing his bloody middle name brand. These acts of vandalism become so regular that Wikipedia has now been forced to ban unregistered users editing these pages. Personally, I think some of these middle names were just instances of creative genius and you should rally to have the ban lifted and allow the creative juices uh. of your listeners to flow once more. Love the show, Danny Riding. Vandals attack Trevor Lockside and there is, because uh, there is no ban, so there's an opportunity if you're a Wikipedia vandal to attack Trevor Don't Lock's name. be a Wikipedia Thanks vandal. So there's one thing where, you know, the, the whole planet can work together on one thing and we can, you know. We could do that good. on the whole planet if we wanted. We, we could all add information that. and that yeah. and then some silly boys have ruined We're it. Ruining it for all of us, aren't they, those silly sausages? Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes, it does make sense. Get on your microphone. I will get on it. Wandered you get off, on the microphone. Like <laughs> you spoke to me then like we were a hip-hop collective. <laughs> get on the mic, it's too cold. Here is a letter from a young person. Ah, oh, Pam, she reckons she's called. I have a bit of a problem that I'm hoping you can help me with. I attend the local gym and usually have to go after work, which is late when it's least busy. The problem is that, that, that located in the ladies' changing room is the store cupboard for the cleaner. Interesting. Now, the cleaner happens to be a man, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. He's often in and out of the cupboard on a regular basis whilst us ladies are changing. Mm. I've complained to the management a few times. They said that they would have a word with him, but he st still keeps popping up when least expected. Well, I'd know when I'd pop up. Now, as you can imagine, this is quite awkward, especially as the last time I saw him, he disappeared in there and then didn't come out for ages. What was he doing, I wonder? That's Pam pondering that. Am I right to be worried or am I being oversensitive? What can I do? Help! Well, anyway, it turns out that Pam's available for us to talk to. Do you remember? We will do that imminently. But do you remember Lucy, the swimming woman, that had perverts swimming upside no. down under yes. her, sculling along, yes. looking up at her knockers and body? Mm -hmm. So, well, we helped that woman by just saying, well, I think we was on the side of the perverts, actually. But let's see what we can do to help Pam. Pam, are you there, dear? Hello. Pam. So Pam. Like a noise in the car. Oh, it's hit someone. <laughs> Pam. 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 <laughs> okay, Pam. So, Pam, you've got a Snoopy Janet, a bit like Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah. Spoodling out lust through a spile in a cupboard door. What does he look like? Uh, kind of. I don't know, sort of generic. Racist! <laughs> <laughs> generic? What do you mean generic? Tell me what he looks like. Tall and kind of gangly. Sexy. Pervy looking. He's a pervy looking janitor. Yeah. Listen, what has he done that makes you sure, so sure, that he's a pervert? I'm not, I mean, I'm saying he looks pervy. He could be. He looks know. pervy. He what looks do you mean pervy. by that? He gives. Women the eye. He gives women the eye. Yeah. That's not a broom mandal. What kind of janitor are you? Okay, so you, it's just a hunch that he's a pervert. Yeah, and if you're getting changed, you don't want some random man walking in, staring at you and me all together, really. He's not random, though. He's, he's the employment of the building. Highly selected. <laughs> he's a he's a specific man, but Maybe okay. That's what he's employed to do. I don't know. Mm, oh well, I you know I think well, let's not be too harsh on this man. Where do you live, Pamela? Uh, somewhere. Well, listen, no one's going to come, if you say Birmingham, we aren't going to go, right, let's hunt Pam down. You know, I'm just trying to get some sort of, uh, sort of psychogeographical understanding of what's going on here, some top of, Southampton. <sighs> right oh. on the coast there, Southampton, Perverts Coast, we call that. <laughs> okay. Perverts Cove. Perverts he, Cove. He could have sent us a thing saying, I've got a problem, I'm a janitor, but I have to go into the women's change room, it's embarrassing. He might be gay, he might even be interested yeah. in what you're up to in there. I'm not saying it's, he's interested in me, but he could be interested in the other ladies. Not if he's gay. I That's not how it works. What goes on in ladies' changing rooms? What are you all doing in there? <laughs> They're changing, <laughs> aren't they? Does, it, does it, anything ever happen like a porno? <laughs> <laughs> if, if 
what's going on in that change room so innocent? Why do you need doors there anyway? Why can't you change in the foyer? <laughs> change in the foyer by the Kit Kat machine. That's what I'd suggest. No. All right. Okay. Well, we've got some now. We've got someone else with a bit of previous on the line. This girl Lucy, she lives up in Brum. She had people subaquatically spying on her sex parts, and she's on the line now. Lucy, are you there? Hello. Has your problem continued at your Wednesday night swimming class? People yeah, swimming below you. Yeah, they're still doing it. What have you done? Have you made any attempt to stop them? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, Sarah said apparently we did complain when it first started happening, but neither Josie or I remember that. But Sarah, Josie, Lucy, no, they sound like three porn star names to me. <laughs> I'm not blaming these poor innocent pervs. They, they sound like a loyal and decent clientele of the swimming pool. So, okay, so, well, in a way, you've done nothing about your problem. I wonder if you can help Pamela. What would you do if the perverts in your life started straying out of the pool into the changing rooms dressed as janitors? Well, we have been thinking about this, and mm. um, we've come up with a couple of suggestions. Let's hear them. Um, one of them is talk loudly about periods and heavy flows. Oh, <laughs> that's put me off sex forever. That works. Proper perverts, so they won't mind. They won't, yeah, that's true. A proper pervert would like that. Okay. okay. Um, another one was wear a prosthetic penis. Again, mm. proper perverts would be into that. <laughs> that um, one didn't even make my Depends where you wear it, though. What do you mean? If you wear it sort of in I your cleavage? Like a sort of weird unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Oh, what's the third option? Um, Spikey's drink with Viagra. What? Drink? Spikey's Spikey's drink? I don't drink. know, have a cup of tea. People don't drink in swimming pools. Where do you go swimming in a Copacabana? He's a cleaner, he might have a cup of tea. But how does that help? Pool, if he's spiking Alice in Wonderland when it floods. He'll make it worse. <laughs> Listen, I'm beginning to side increasingly with the perverts. <laughs> Put loads of Viagra in the water. Well, then what? I don't know. Just <laughs> <laughs> turn into some like Cliff Richard sex party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think, Lucy, right, your suggestions are all bloody ridiculous. Pam, yeah. you're 26 years old, you're hounding this janitor out of a job, he probably doesn't like it. Why don't you write a letter in crayon uh, with a picture of you naked and saying, this make me very much unhappy, and then just do a big tick at the bottom and hand it over to someone behind the desk at the baths? Yeah, I could try that. Give it a whirl. Yeah. Or, and while doing that, carry out all of Lucy's suggestions, have a, a dildo attached to your bumps, <laughs> talk about heavy menstrual problems, and what's the third and final thing you suggested? Viagra. Pop Viagra in their drinks. Viagra yeah. surely would just, you It's going to exacerbate the situation. Yeah. Also, you'll end up in Holloway Women's Prison, <laughs> where, where the sex attacks you're currently enduring, I think, will be belittled. Right. <laughs> So, listen, both of you women, I think you need to back your ideas up a little bit. And we if you... did think of something else. Go on. We thought we could try, she could try adapting one of Trevor's cards to say, Trevor's supposed to say hello because you're a pervert. Trevor's cards are not the answer to anything. Trevor is part of the problem, dishing out <laughs> his cards, talking to innocent people under the guise He's of starting a website. He very much is. He's yeah. their leader. Right, uh, <laughs> Lucy and Pam, I s propose that you stop persecuting that innocent janitor who's doing his job and those lovely swimming perverts. Now, why don't you both support a former support group, get each other's numbers, and get off with each other? Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 then. Nice talking to you both, Pamela and lovely uh, Lucy there. They're fighting a losing battle against perverts, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, really? people are going to be perverts. It's part of life I to be a pervert. I perverts. What right. do you think they are, Trev? Loyal not... followers of your <laughs> evil edicts. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Please, retract that. No, I won't. I'll stand by it. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking retract that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's going back in the jail. Go on, Matthew. You look worried. Go on. <laughs> yeah, go on. Go on, Matthew. Do that you dance. You'll do it these times. <laughs> Don't you like to dance occasionally? Okay? All right, let's listen to Stone the Crows. I think we're... Okay. Well, what was you going to say? 
Well, I thought we were nearly over. Nah, put a song on, we'll take our mind off things. Okay. <laughs> was down. We had to come out a little bit earlier because we've got someone special on the line. Do send us emails. Russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Leave your phone number because we need to generate problems because remember we're not live at the moment because we're on generate tour. Generate problems. <laughs> yeah, we've got to generate <laughs> problems. That's our function in life. Now, who's this on the phone? Why, it's Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Hello, Noel. Alright, Russell. Hello, you alright, mate? Not too bad. Did you enjoy yourself at the Brit Awards where you won Outstanding Achievement Award? Uh, what do you mean, her? Uh? It was... Mm, I, it was alright. It was nothing more than alright, I think. Why only alright? What was wrong? Come on. Well, you, uh, well, don't, don't you, you could, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for you, I don't think, could it, really? I think I'd done alright, didn't I? No, no, I actually think it couldn't have gone any better for you. It couldn't have gone any, couldn't have gone any worse for us. Why? What's wrong? The Why? technical difficulties on the night, Russell. I don't want to bore you with uh, things about capacitors and valves and amplifiers and stuff like that. Well, you already have done just by saying the bloody <laughs> words. Yeah, I thought well, you did really well. Well, apart from that, I tell you what, I was really looking forward to it, but kind of, Five minutes into it, you're thinking, yeah, I remember all this. I really, what, that, the, what, the, what, the vibe? Oh, it's just like <laughs> idiots in ball gowns coming up with a mobile phone saying, so I don't have to get pics, and you're just like, no. Yeah. Go away. And then, for saying that, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have missed Josh Stone making an ass of herself for the world. It's unusual business, wasn't it? That American accent and everything. Yeah, I mean. Extraordinary. Well, we're not live, are we? Uh, no, we're not live, but that's not a licence for you to start being all loopy. <laughs> Come on. It usually is. Well, uh, it was strange to say the least. Yeah, it was strange, a strange outburst. Yeah, she's just going through a something. strange American outburst. We've got to be strong for Robbie. He needs a love. He's going to do this. He's inspired. Robbie's inspired. What? He's inspired. Yeah, she was evangelical, wasn't she? From Cornwall. Idiot. <laughs> 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 wasn't an unusual way to carry on, was it, Noel? Yeah, no, it was. I mean, it's very strange, but, um... Could we go back to how well I did? I was enjoying I, mean, that. I haven't watched it back on the telly, but I don't. I actually don't think it could have gone anywhere for you. Because I was, like, yeah, I've not watched it back either, and you'll find that hard to believe. But it's actually true because I've just not had time. But it did seem to be going well. Come some good jokes. Brilliant, the jo and, it, and you got. I think the write-ups in the paper was good, but in the room, yeah, where we was kind of sat at the at the in amongst obviously a load of other bands of tables, there was. <laughs> You're going down quite well. There was lots of there was lots of Mancunian finger clacking on my table. Finger clacking. Yeah, wow. that's not bad. Is that that's me? not bad. And um, oh. yeah. yeah, it was good though. But I I didn't I didn't I kind of didn't enjoy the I didn't I enjoyed the party afterwards, which was good. But where did you get to anyway? Were you um? We went um, to your party. I went to your party. Yeah, you Matt, there. Matt yeah, went Russell, to your party. Was Russell? Were you spreading Valentine's night love? How dare you judge me? I am like St Francis of CC. That fella. I was you, helping people. Were you not, were you, I mean, it's a yes or no question, did you? One I got sidetracked. One of those burlesque women? There, there was them burlesque women, just, oh, they were all there, just loose. I thought, them girls need schooling. So, I, you know, I just took them off to a haberdashery sort of place to help them to stitch things up. Now, listen, Noel, um, there's a few things I wanted to mention. What about my speech I'd done to give you that award? Were you even listening? It was no, nice. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. But you couldn't hear it. You couldn't it's hear a good it backstage. And I haven't watched it on the telly. Watch it back. I heard, the word, I heard the words lovable and hooligan. <laughs> I heard that, and then I heard. I, I, I noticed some derogatory joke about ripping off other people's songs, which we was thinking, right, we'll let that slide. That was just either end of it. There was a couple of little jokes to make it sort of seem... Well, not... Now, now, now we've been friends for far too long. Mm. Now I know that the real evil <laughs> is that scruffy long-haired mate of yours. Yeah, he's there. Who writes all the gags, you see. So True. there's no point in going out and grabbing you by the testicles and going, 
What was that? What's that on the shoulder of giants? Eh? Hey, Dandy boy? Yeah, he did write that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Ace Mark. That's not yeah, he sits there, yeah, sniffing little wretch yeah, <laughs> with his barbed remarks. Master, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about puppet master. Yes, yeah, come I on. Do. I think he's a there now. Matt, what should I say to him? That was very hurtful. What did <laughs> you just say to me? Give then? him the midget voice. <laughs> you bloody, we're going to put your voice for an effect. Did so, you, anyway, did you did you enjoy it? You look like you did. Yeah, I had a laugh of it. Like we prepared for it properly. As you know, I went and had my brains examined by none other than Paul McKenna. Well, he said to me, I was talking about backstage, and I said, "So has he been hypnotised?" And he went, "How do you know?" And he went, "He told me." And he went, "I'm telling everyone." He told me not to tell anyone. I know. I didn't want to tell to anyone. Oh no, I've just said it on radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. But he didn't hypnotise me. He just talked to you about being focused. You know, just right. goes right. Concentrate on your job. And don't I be a thief. Therapy in your life, though, eh? Nope, not yet. Still, no, I, I, don't get of it. I like it. I like snake oil salesman people. Not Paul McKenna, he's not one, though. He's good at his job. I well, like him. You know, I do the like thing is, If I was saying to people after that, I was saying, see, if I was, if I was a member of whoever looks after those Brits things, I'd, I'd have you every year until. You know, until you properly make a balls up, up of it, which is inevitable. Like, <laughs> but I'd have, I'd tell you make some obscene gaff. <laughs> yeah. But I'd have, I see, like you know, like Jonathan Ross always does comedy awards. Yeah. I think once they find somebody, stick with it. Yeah, right. Mm, well, that's it's interesting. Noel, your new agent. <laughs> no, listen, that's Noel Gallagher's words, not mine. Only, something for ITV to mull over as there. A, uh, as an elder statesman of the music business who goes right. to these things a lot, right? They're usually shocking. Apart from the Q Awards, which Jonathan Ross does, it's brilliant, right? Yeah. And the rest of it can be a bit. You know, like when you've done the Enemy Awards and you get yeah. people like Bob Geldof, you know what I mean, and all that. They yeah. put that. See, the, 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 from your from your from your perspective, I thought it was quite good. So they should probably double my money. Do you think? Well, I, well, I've. I, me, personally, I would. Yeah, thank you very much, Noel. Quite an endorsement <laughs> there from Oasis. Is Noel Not from Gallagher. Oasis, I don't speak for Liam. <laughs> no, but who I got on very well. He was lovely. Did you do tell him to be nice to me? Because he was very friendly. He gave me a cuddle on stage, cuddle before the stage, and slapped my ass at the end of the night. No, I, see, if I, were, if I was to say to Liam, be nice to Russell, he'd go out of his way it's to be horrible me. to you. Because right. that's the kind of relationship that we have. Right. But saying that, I didn't say to him, Go and be horrible to him either. He took it upon himself, so That's he obviously it. likes you. Oh, well, it's very touching, I must say. Literally touching, in the case of my ass, which yeah. is sort of touched in a sexy way. But I've not touched your ass yet. Maybe we could pair it next time I've got a. Yeah, have a go. Time. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> have a go at it. <laughs> no, we've got to go now. Can I give you a ring in a minute in real time to yes, find course. out about your life and stuff? No, no, what? you are. You, no, you want to talk to our, you want to talk to me off air about how good you actually were, don't you? Yes, please. <laughs> I'd like you to actually go. Well, you're very good. I like that bit and talk for actual jokes. <laughs> Noel Gallagher, I'll talk to you later. Bye. There he goes. Bye, bye. Bye, now. There he goes. Right, okay, let's summarise this show now with a bit of poetry from our poet laureate. It's Mr. G, of course. Woo! Yeah, atmosphere. This is an automated poem, designed to offset any confusion about the show when you phone in. So then, press 1 to hear advice to assist with your cries. Scan your boobs will give our views on janitorial abuse except with problems of broom size. Press 2 to hear Trevor give birth on the loo. Squeak, piggy, squeak. Ah, Trev, he looks just like you. <laughs> Press 4 to be bored by Brit Award stories ad nauseum. Aye. 5 for LA Lies, disco basement white lines. Lies. 6 for Matt's kicks as he mixes chicks with pigs. 7 for, pi 7 for Pippi the Munchkin go hunting for more evidence. And for those of you who desire the main menu to see where this madness is going, simply press 3 because it rhymes with G because this is an automated poem. Woohoo! Woohoo! Concept art, genuine 
Einstein's concept art. A bit like, egotistical at the end. <laughs> egotistical, G. Yeah, you got a bit self-involved, mate. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of our show. Thanks to everyone who participated with all your crazy problems. Thank you, Noel Gallagher. Thank you, Matt Morgan. Thank you, Cockety Lockety. Thank you, Mr. G. Now, we need you to email us at russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Leave your phone number and your genuine problems. We will help you. If it's a real problem, we will really help. We've helped Proper real people. problems, please. Not joke problems. Proper problems. kids. We're not interested in munchkins. We'll drive them from the planet. We are the anti-munchkin Enoch pals of the UK. So, russell.brand at bbc.co.uk. Genuine problems. Okay, right, so we have a bit of the old newsy-poos. Yes? Try and get munchkins into it, Andrew. We'll be listening. Just because we're not in the building, it don't mean we can't punish you. This is the Munchkin News, 88 to 91 <laughs> FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. BBC. <laughs>